0: Head to Shopify.com.au for your 14 day free trial. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnor, founder of leading Australian podcast agency, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Hello, peers, and welcome back to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We have a super special bonus episode today, so settle in and get comfortable. The pandemic has undoubtedly wreaked havoc on communities around the world. But as with all tragedies, there's usually a few unexpected silver linings too. COVID accelerated e-commerce, and with it, the rise of the entrepreneurial economy. Today's guest is from none other than Shopify itself, Robin Marchant. Robin is the head of marketing for the APAC region, a huge job given that Shopify supports entrepreneurs in every way possible, providing tools to help start, sell, market, and manage their businesses. Robin joined Shopify in January 2020, and boy, was he in for a ride with the 12 months that followed. Luckily, he brought with him an impressive track record of delivering growth across tech startups, publicly traded and private owned companies. So if anyone was ready to ride that pandemic wave, it was Robin. In today's episode, I talked to Robin about the influence Shopify has had on democratizing access to business building and how Shopify promotes diversity in entrepreneurship, not just because it's the right thing to do, but also because it's a smart thing to do. Before we dive in, peers, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible leaders. Okay, without further ado, welcome Robin. Robin.
1: Hello, Michelle. Thank you very much. That was that was some intro. Awesome. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's it's certainly been. It's I think it's been. It definitely been a roller coaster for for many people, if not everybody, really over that over that over that time frame you were just talking about.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more, Robin. And you know, I don't know how you did it, to be honest. Um, but you know. Shopify is stronger than than ever. So kudos to you. So I guess, Robin, the first question I've got is we'd love to start by learning a bit more from you about your role as the head of marketing of APAC at Shopify. I guess what that entails and yeah, what you've kind of been doing over the last 12 months.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. So uh, yeah, it's been a a fantastic journey. Super fortunate and lucky to be sat in this seat. And and like you, you alluded to in the intro, it's it's more a responsibility now. Um, I think, in many ways, as many brands, um, uh, many brands and entrepreneurs, you know, see see the future ahead of them and and have more control of it um, in in what is obviously uncertain times, changing environments, etc. So, so you know, with that, it's yeah, it's been. So I joined in um, January of last year, um, and in doing so, joined a fantastic uh, fantastic team. So I'm based in Sydney, um, in Australia. And, you know, where we're really kind of driving out the, the growth of Shopify across the APAC region. Um, and so so in doing so, yeah, it's it's obviously massive cultural diversity um, across the region. So it's fully understanding, you know, where where merchants sit, what their challenges are, because they're very different from, let's say, you know, sub-region to sub-region to city to city to uh, to town to town you know it, it's very different we sit you know i sit in sydney or in melbourne it's different um and you know, it's different in how and, and and those differences are amplified even with you know how we're dealing with covid and pandemics and lockdowns etc so not only are the differences felt within you know from state to state You know, you magnify that across Australia, Singapore, New Zealand, um, and also the differences that everyone's going through from how we connect and talk with consumers, how we as a brand connect with our merchants, um, and also how we support them through what's been, you know, challenges, obstacles, but also in many respects, fantastic opportunities um, of which we see as not just uh, individuals and entrepreneurs and business owners, but also brands that can enable this. You know, turn uh, you know, turn these challenges of diversity into these opportunities, and get closer to consumers as well. Mm.
0: I actually could not agree more. I think so much opportunity has come from the pandemic and the last kind of eighteen months. And I love that what you highlighted there around the diversity piece, also around that advancement um, in entrepreneurship. So I guess. Talk us through a little bit um, of what you expected your role to be like when you came in Jan 2020. Obviously, the pandemic hadn't hit properly yet, um, so we didn't know what was ahead of us. You know, what did you expect when you came in versus kind of what the last 18 months have been, been like for you?
1: Yeah, exactly. No one <laughs> could fully predict what was ahead. And, and, and I think it was very much, uh, very much the case of, great, joined in January, Got to meet the team, you know. Had the great opportunity to travel over to Canada um, and meet the broader Shopify team, which was, you know, which was part of our global onboarding process, where every employee, you know, gets to meet with, with their colleagues and peers um, in our over in our headquarters in Canada, which is which is fantastic. And I was very fortunate because I was almost like one of the last groups of onboarding cohorts that actually got to do that. Um, whereas now, like with any and many global brands, you know, we're all uh, you know starting. Starting new roles, meeting new people, sat in this box in our in our offices that are in the side of our bedrooms, or in you know for those who have an office space, you know, fantastic and good luck to you, you know. But for many people, it's in it's on a dining room table um, where you're doing all of these meetings, etc. So I was very very fortunate way back then, and so I greatly appreciate what what I got to go through, and and hopefully one day we can get back to things like that, um, not just at Shopify but other brands. But yeah, you're right. It's it's so a joint then very quickly. It's like, cool, what what are, what are the challenges we face in? How are we growing? How are we scaling? How are we supporting merchants across the region? Um, and even things like back then, like in real life events, you know, was a key part of our strategy and, and our activity to get more local. And then great, fast forward six weeks even from from that time in January and it was like, well, hang on a second, let's screw up that piece of paper with our, with our strategy and our plan and pretty much start again because things have just changed and, and activities have gone outside of our control. But... What didn't change, obviously, was that still the need for merchants uh, to obviously get closer to consumers. And, and if anything, it really, you know, what we've used the phrase, you know, it fast forwarded 2030 into 2020, um, you know, in that instance, where you've got a lot of businesses who are thinking about digital transformation, you know, looking at ways in which they could, you know, Drive some, you know, DTC um, direct to consumer approach, you know, leverage or uh, compete with or utilize marketplaces, for example, which are obviously prevalent across the APAC region. And so, fundamentally, things changed very quickly. Um, so, so did we, you know. So we had to do that. So it's a matter of like, how do we think about um, verticals and in industries? You know, what's what's moving pretty quickly because what was obvious was side hustles soon became full time jobs. Um, larger enterprises very quickly had to play catch up with the smaller brands who were being a lot more nimble, um, a lot more active. And then it was, you know, for a lot of people, it was a bit of a, oh crap moment. It's not, it's not, oh, if we do this, it's when do we do this? And we now have to do this Um, because it's really kind of keeping that uh, that, that mindset of closeness to consumer um, and also relevance because very quickly habits were forming and buying, you know, buying habits uh, and various bits and pieces like that across the world were changing, and so, yeah. So, yeah, long answer to a really simple question there, Michelle. But it was very much everything changed, um, and so, but very quickly we had to pivot because we had a responsibility to do so. Mm-hmm
0: everything changed and oh my goodness, did it change a lot? Um, No, I love hearing that. And I think something I think that was interesting that you said was, you know, businesses had to learn or figure out a way to get closer to their consumers. And I just couldn't agree more on that point. I think even those of us who were in digital already, we had to get creative about how we best connect with our customers that, you know, because now we were competing with all the businesses, that weren't online who are now online. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about that change in consumer behaviour? You know, you mentioned us business owners, what we had to change. But, you know, in your view, how do you think consumers change the way in which they engage with brands?
1: Yeah, look, we one thing we kind of looked at early early in the year was that there's kind of like five core elements of almost like this future of commerce that's like, okay, from what's happened What's going to happen and what are we experiencing today? And, and I think part of it is all, yes, we all sit in these roles, you know, you do what you do, I do what I do, but we're all consumers at the end of the day. You know, you're going to finish this call, we're going to finish this podcast, and oh, I need to buy my daughter a pair of trainers. You know, I need to do this. So all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're always in this world, and, and almost like that that online retail is always on. You know, it's, it's always there. It's literally, I've got my phone right next to me. I've got a, a whole entire global shopping mall at my easy disposal very, very quickly. I can literally buy anything from anywhere in the world, any size, color, type, style, and it pretty much be delivered to my house very quickly. Um, and so with that, let's say, e-commerce boom, we've also seen like record like online competition Because now everyone's kind of clambering for exactly that same kind of mind space and headspace around. Oh, cool, we've pivoted from a a physical um, approach to obviously this digital component. So we've seen that a lot online, you know, record competition, which has boosted. um, Obviously, it's increased costs of how to, um, you know, compete um, in that space. But also these obviously new consumer behaviors are reshaping the future of retail. And some of those changes aren't necessarily going back to what they were. Because of the habits we're all forming. So also that as we as we wait for these packages to arrive at our doorstep, you know, it's those, you know, fulfillment um, in that aspect has really emerges as also a competitive differentiator. You know, what do things look like? You know, how sustainability, how sustainable are they? I remember years ago, it was obviously the. The reduction in plastic bags, you know, coming from the UK it was very quickly as, like, oh, cool, you have to now pay for your plastic bag when you're in, in the store. Now, some of that mindset shift and, and behaviour has changed to, well, how are the deliveries that we receive packaged up? You know, how sustainable is that? Um, and, and so all of those ways in which we think about products that we consume, buy and engage with fundamentally changes, as also we get more socially conscious um, with, with how we consume. But then also how our brands are built, you know, how we, how we interact with those brands and how we get that mindshare. Let's say, you know, there's brand building through, you know, marketplace dominance and how we drive a D2C narrative and how people are really familiar and, and like going into a physical store to, to touch a product, try it on, feel it. And what does it look like? What's that color really? And so how do we manage that, that balance? But also through all of this, you know, its retention still becomes this key top priority. You know, how do brands help retain those loyal those loyal customers? How do we encourage and, and and really promote loyalty as well? Because as those aforementioned acquisition costs spike, it's so important to really keep this loyal base. Because guess what that loyal that loyal, well connected, socially engaged audience becomes your sales channel, um, and they're the ones that can fundamentally promote your brand um, for you through advocacy, through strong engagement, um, and through ways in which you're looking after them so they'll look
0: after you at the same time. I love that you mentioned that. I just, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's become even more important today to build that engagement and to see the value in that. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the Shopify story and I guess how shopify helps businesses merchants and also consumers so i guess my first question is you know if if we're a business and we're thinking oh my goodness we need to get online we need to make this happen or maybe we need to enhance our online strategy you know how do we go about that setting up the marketing our e-commerce brand on shopify and i guess you know which brands in your minds are doing it really well on the platform
1: yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where we we each have our own individual skills. You know, we're not all marketers, we're not all salespeople. You know, we're not all extroverts. There's so many introverts out there. So it's like it, it becomes this. And what do you want to? What we want to remove is is we want to remove that friction um, from doing it. And also, you know, to part of this is is democratizing who can do it. You know, is we want to hear the many voices. You know, we want to really give that and. and and we also want to celebrate the fact that the people who had an idea and did something with it um and then it, because in doing so that does create broader diversity in the marketplace it creates a, a plethora of choice that we now have and and in doing it by democratizing retail by democratizing top commerce that's super key that so we want to we want to celebrate those those people that are beating down the paths um, to enable us as consumers to have this great choice and opportunity in the marketplace. So, so in doing so, and also I think the uh, another part to that is almost like pre-pandemic, we started to see globally, uh, you know, globally, um, you know it, it's well documented that there was almost like a, a decline in entrepreneurship um, that was kind of happening globally. Um, and I think there's a, there's a stat around, I think, the like, number of new businesses in North America, for example, um, like fell nearly half from 1978 to 2019 um and i think this was from yeah the Brookings um institution and but almost pretty much all industrial organization or industrial countries saw a similar decline so in australia as an example um you know that startup creation dropped by 20 uh, percent um, over that same period but what we've seen is that since covid is this absolute surge in new business formations um and people actually starting a business through necessity, but also starting a business through choice. Um, And so really, really sharp kind of increase in that respect. So, because I think also it it gave people that nudge and that prompt to, I'm going to do this now. You know, if it's it's not now, then it's never. And I think so many people saw this opportunity and sometimes it was thrust upon them with unfortunate furloughs and various kind of changes in, in roles and responsibility. But I think also it gave people the chance to, to read more, to understand more, to see others and listen to those inspiring stories of brands that are doing great things um, and the, the leaning in. So I think we at Shopify often, yeah, we want to tell the story through the merchants. You know, it's, it's, it's not about it. we're the brand behind the brands. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're there as, as the platform to see you scale, grow and thrive, um, to bring your idea to life and to see it, to see it grow and excel and take away those friction. Because to back to your point, we're not all marketers. So what are the key things that you need to do to do that? So in kind of like helping with, you know, marketing strategies, we've got, you know, what is it? You know, what what's going to help it? Is it? through google ads podcasts is it through you know selling on social channels you know those connections with tiktok pinterest you know um, facebook instagram etc because fundamentally that's where a lot of the audience live you know it's a matter of being in the channels where consumers are so we've got to explore those you know explore those strategies help with those brands and provide the mechanisms to to enable the outreach from from merchant new idea through to you know customer transactions as well
0: I love that you guys tackle it all. You know, it's right from the beginning of like, I've got this idea and like, I just want to start somewhere. And you guys go from that through to, as you mentioned, the setup phase, the marketing of it. What have, you know, some of the businesses on Shopify found to be the most beneficial on the platform?
1: Again, it's everyone's going to find something slightly different um, in those benefits. But but and that's where we where we where we grow and build and understand that merchant engagement piece because yeah part of our value is obviously being merchant obsessed you know it's like how how do we help how do we how do we grow how do we scale how do we how do we build for the many you know by understanding you know what's really kind of coming out of that from from a platform point of view so so, for some, it can come from obviously the reporting capabilities for some, it can come through like how do I engage and like you said from a marketing point of view, very quickly connect with social channels to reach more of an audience very, very quickly you know how do i how do I update and, and uh, personalize storefronts, for example, and how do I own my brand because this is your brand, this is your story, so we want to we want to get out of the way you know we, we really want to get out of the way and make you succeed and grow by having the platforms, the needs, and the requirements that isn't, you've got to own the brand. You're you're not required to be a technical guru. Um, That's not what we're about. And I think that's, and that isn't just true necessarily for the entrepreneurs and, you know, someone starting their idea out of a garage tomorrow. It also goes through to the larger brands as well, you know, who've invested millions of dollars into platforms that are just going out of date very, very quickly. And that continually need updating teams to to enable them and grow them. So so it really goes back to that point where you know Shopify has got your back, whether you're, you know, a one person with an idea to sell, I don't know, homemade guitars on a website through to you know a JB Hi-Fi or a Staples or something, where it's really still about that merchant engagement and making sure, you know, you can take the, the products, the experiences, um, to many who will really kind of relish and benefit from your brand and the products you're selling and the experiences you're providing.
0: So well said. Amazing. I want to talk a little bit about the future of commerce. You know, you mentioned it before around that statistic, which I find fascinating, you know, that before the pandemic in Australia, it was a 20% decline in um, new new people starting new businesses. You know, we, I recently read a stat that, that talked about the industrial revolution, and I think it was that less than five people were employees. So you know, essentially, everyone was an entrepreneur. You know, pre-industrial revolution. You know, in a digitalized economy, and you know, you know, now post-COVID or in COVID, how do you th- do you think that we're returning to that? And in what ways do you think we're doing so? Yes, it's the
1: beginning of time, people have been, you know, from, from market traders, market stall owners, there's always been this, you know, strong entrepreneurial economy across, you know, all four corners of the world. And then we kind of grew into this, you know, people working for large corporates and that was the key thing to people's career. And then we all got busy, you know, we all got super busy with the things that we were doing. And then, so sometimes people get to that point in their career where like, I've got a choice, you know, I actually got a choice, but it's also, what do I do with my idea? You know how do I how do I get my idea off the ground um, what are the key things I can I can do to accelerate that idea and so like like we said it's going back to that you know celebrating and providing the capacity for those who want to give it a go you know who want to really kind of so so we want to be there to say hey look we will we, we'll lift you up you know we'll provide what you need to help you with that component and so a lot of it really comes down to uh, you know it's like I mean I'll, I'll use my own personal experiences like I'm still waiting for this idea to spark in my head around. Hey, how do I be you know, an? What, what's my thing? And what Shopify is fantastic at is like we we encourage each employee to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. have your own store, you know, sell your own product, experience what it's really like to be on that side of the equation. You know, so, so know what it's like to truly be this this merchant. Um, you know, what does the platform do for you? You know, how do you engage, et cetera? Et cetera. that you know the, the best way to learn. You know, the best way to learn is to teach. You know, so you've kind of got to be, you know, in many ways to teach yourself in these respects. So it's also like, you know, it's finding that product to sell. You know, how do you evaluate your idea and, and how do you kind of work with with teams, with peers, with groups um, through things like, as say, drop ship it. You know, it's whether you whether you have it or don't. If there's capabilities to still be in control of your own destiny, for example. Um, you know, reach and prepare, you know, setting up your business. I mean, we've got a whole bunch of content, Um around on the Shopify blog just to continually help people with this. You know, generally, if there's any questions like, how do I market? There's a whole bunch of content on the like How do I market? How do I use TikTok to do this certain XYZ thing? There's a whole bunch of content on things like that. How do I create a logo? Guess what? There's also things. There's all of these elements that we sometimes form as barriers to why we shouldn't, and we want to encourage like, no, 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 here's why you should. And so it's a, it's a matter of kind of making sure like take that idea. So I think that narrative is now kind of changing as people see this greater opportunity and they see others doing it. You know, you just literally got a flick on LinkedIn every now and then. And, and someone, you know, has just started a business. And know, someone, you know, who's been in a successful long-term career and a great big brand has gone, Hey, I've just launched my own product. It's this amazing, you know, and then a couple of days later, someone else is doing it. And and what's amazing about Shopify is when you you know you go to a barbecue, you meet family, and you eat. And you, oh, Shopify! Oh, yeah, I know someone who's doing this, or that's someone who's doing that. Uh, which is often followed up with, "Hey, how do I?" And so it's <laughs> like, oh, you know, cool. I'll point you in the right direction. So, um, so I think it's really providing this great democratized opportunity for many people to um, to fulfill something that's always been inside of them and this burning designer to burning desire to really operate and manage their own business.
0: I love how you use the word democratize because I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, the platform in of itself, you know, when I was reaching out to you, Robin, way back, um, and we were trying to get this deal happening, I just, you know, you guys, what you do and the platform functionality really and the brand, the brand energy that you bring in your role and that, you know, others bring too is just it's just so real and so genuine um, in your pursuit to help democratize entrepreneurship. So I just love that. I wanna talk a little bit about omni-channel marketing retail. You know, obviously we talked initially about this idea that back in the day, everyone had a storefront and everyone was doing it manually and that traditional retail, that was the only way you could go out and, and sell really how do you think the future future of commerce what do you think the future of commerce will be like now with omnichannel retail marketing versus what it was with that traditional retail do you think traditional retail is dead
1: i uh, i think that the key thing we've got to look at for the for that like i said the, the future of commerce is that you know retail has changed forever um and whether you know you're in north america apac EMEA, and this, this you know, online and offline are not mutually exclusive anymore. You know, we we got to change this narrative to you know a digital consumer to a physical. Co- it's one and the same. They're consumers. You know, they're, they're customers of your brand. They're 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 ambassador, future ambassadors of your brand as well. And so in that, it's really we've got to unite this whole approach and really look at you know this this retail operating system and this this way of talking to consumers as a whole, because. Like when you know omnichannel, you know it, it's a it's a great phrase. I think it's actually now getting more relevance and understanding of the impact it's actually going to have, because when you think about it, you know I just touched on earlier. You know I've got with my mobile phone, I've got an entire global mall in my pocket. You know now personally, I also like going into a store and seeing a product and trying something on, like we all do. But I think it's in terms of like how do we attribute sales in the right ways, but how do we show up where our customers and consumers are? So we've got to get better understanding what they're looking for and not try and let's say force a narrative or force an approach that isn't actually quite right for those audiences. So and that can come in many ways as in like, what's the right attribution model? Um, you know, how do we, how do we connect with these audiences? Um, is it, is it a ways in which we show up in social, we show up in physical, but fundamentally, we're seeing this change is is evolving. So, so retail has to almost like own the change and be and really kind of drive that change, because we've seen it many times where a lot of brands are playing catch up, um, and a lot of brands that have been we all grew up with that don't exist anymore. And then, you know I'm, I don't know, I'm talking to my five-year-old daughter and you mention a brand and she's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. You don't, you have no context of, of things like this. So it's constantly changing and evolving. And so we've got to be prepared to adjust. And it's also with the platform, we try and make sure that, that merchants, we're taking that work for them so they can continually adjust. So it's supporting like, hey, if you need, you know, you want bricks and mortar presents brilliant you know we're there it's super important we want to get back to some of this high street community engagement it's pivotal for us but then for those that need you know the remote access you know how do i how do i get what i need when i need it um and this familiar way in which i can i can buy products online with through the brands i connect with and i love and so it's it's integrating the platforms that consumers live in um, in many ways and how we see that that growth and i think omnichannel is is also giving giving credit where credit's due you know what's actually working for your brand and it's almost like the inverse we've seen many um, traditional bricks and mortar brands go online and we've seen brands that have been traditional they've born online like d2c brands have then created these physical store locations you know using it as almost like a showroom or a showcase or something to kind of have have footfall And we're also seeing this this, this balance of where a lot of traditional um, retailer sales was offline, that's clearly now moving online. And so it's providing the mechanisms of where we can really get in front of those changing consumer habits and behaviors. Um, Because, And then in doing so, you've got to almost provide that physical experience that you had in a store to a digital experience online. We've still got to be the essence of your brand and have that come through with all the felt experiences.
0: So, so interesting and so true. I love that idea of having your brand feel no matter where it is, you know, whether it's online, whether it's in store or, you know, an actual physical uh, location. Amazing. So I want to talk about now my favourite topic, which is Diversity. You know, so Shopify's mission statement is to make commerce better for everyone. How do you think you know you guys are doing this?
1: It's it's really recognizing like how we can how we help and support and bring you know, bring more voices um, into entrepreneurship, more voices into commerce, um, and more opportunities um, that that can also provide because there should be no barriers. Um, there should no you know, there should be no obstacles. Um, for those ideas to be realized, regardless of who you are, where you're from and what your background is. And so, you know, we, we want to create kind of supports focused on helping indigenous entrepreneurs, um, you know, entrepreneurs of of minorities, et cetera, in various all corners of the world um, to make sure that we can provide this, this community, but also support, but everyone be treated equal. Um, and how we kind of provide these, these solutions um, out into the marketplace. And so, you know, there's, there's numerous kind of campaigns and activities we, we, we've created, um, you know, based off the back of this, you know, to really help whether that's, uh, you know, like I said, Indigenous communities in, across Australia, um, across New Zealand, uh, where we've got a very kind of big, you know, connected community from, from Indigenous growth that we see in Canada as well. Um, supporting Operation Hope um, in North America, um, to make sure that we're you know, we, we bringing basically like a million you know, black businesses um, online and really kind of getting started and thriving and growing um, with various things like that so there's always ways in which we can be doing more but it's making sure we, we, we're recognizing what we can do and how we can as a business that provides software and as a platform can help Um, And it all goes back to, like I said, democratizing retail, you know, turning, turning many, you know, turning a few voices into many, many voices, Um, because guess what you, me and everyone around us benefits, you know, from these great products, experiences, brands, services um, that are just kind of waiting to be born, but also just waiting for that platform of which they can take their ideas to the world.
0: I love that. And another one I will add is that you support us in our podcast and obviously as a, you know, a black founder, it's, it's a, a massive, a massive thing for us. So we really appreciate that. So in your view, do you think COVID-19 has helped or hindered diversity in entrepreneurship? I think
1: what's, what COVID has done has provided and, and enabled greater opportunity. So I think it's, it's, it's forced the arm of some people who kind of went, oh, no, I can't, I've got to do this, et cetera. And it goes back to that, regardless of the situation you're in, it's highlighted that actually I can do this. You know, there, there's ways in which I can utilize platform, et cetera, from a diversity point of view. So I think it's, I think it's seen and accelerated um, the, the ways in which people can hone in on, on ideas that they've always had, provide ways, and through storytelling, because I think what this has done, it's really you. You hear stories of many people who have, oh, great! This was the challenge I faced, and this is now what I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm making candles out of my living room. You know, something I've always wanted to do. I'm, um, you know, we're we, we're making kits, you know, to help support um, um, kids in in various parts of the world to kind of understand. You know how to better use water, for example, or how to you know better understand how to kind of connect and build a community, for example. So it's not just about printing T-shirts um, and you know having a T-shirt store online. You know it comes through through coffee shops and building community. It comes from you know understanding how we how we engage with one another through products, shared experiences, um, and it highlights ways in which oh wow I've seen that work in that corner of the world, so I'm going to adopt it over here as well. So I think that's we're in this global community now. So it, it, we, and I think that's another part that it's done. It's highlighted on an international level, whereas previously we were quite running in our country lanes um, and, and seeing things and what what's what's capable here, and what can I do? But then now what we're trying to do is is how and have allow a platform for more voices globally, you know, with 1.7 million um, you know merchants on the Shopify platform. There's an amazing amount of stories. There are these amazing moments of that first sale. There are these amazing moments of wow, this was my challenge, and this is what I'm kind of coming through now. And I think what's been super interesting is even yesterday I was walking through. I um, uh, I was picking up my daughter. Um, I was walking through a suburb, and so many stores, because of uh, current lockdown in in Sydney, had a sign out the front saying. Yep, uh store closed due to COVID, but now online at www.blockbrand.com. So I went to check on a couple of those and lo and behold, Shopify. Shopify. Wow. Shopify. And these are the so these aren't the brands that we all know and love and but these are the community brands that we all well, you know, you buy your coffee, you look over there at something and hey, you might buy something. These are the ones that are the backbone of any little small town, little suburb community. And this isn't just happening here, obviously in Sydney, this is happening all over the world. And that is massively inspiring because I can guarantee that small business owner is not tech savvy. That small business owner isn't a marketer, you know, but they've been enabled to keep thriving, to keep selling, to keep, alive um, through, through ways and means that necessarily they didn't previously consider. And hey, that might be a great opportunity for them moving forward because guess what? Their audience now grew. Their audience now isn't just the people that walk past their store um, in their standard high street. Their audience is now in other suburbs, in other cities, in other states, and potentially even other countries.
0: So, so inspiring. And I, yeah, Just so cool. You know, you talked about this idea that we're now really living in that global economy and we're all selling in all parts of the world and we can do so because of the online space. You know, if we think about the APAC region, you said before initially, like you lead up, you head up this region that's just so diverse, so many different countries, backgrounds, ways of life, you know, As minority entrepreneurs, how do you think, you know, what do you think have been some of the barriers um, traditionally, I guess, for us to get into entrepreneurship, especially those of us who live in the APAC region and perhaps aren't as fortunate to live in a country like Australia?
1: I think a lot of the time, you know, an immediate answer comes to access, you know, Mm.
0: access to
1: such tools access to education to how to use such tools and then there becomes this this almost like a felt barrier to oh, I don't I I don't know how to use technology or I don't know how to how to be a marketer or or even to some extent cost barriers as well and so it's it's making sure that you know you, you take a lot of that friction away and so you really need to kind of encourage that um when I say education in terms of what I mean by that is just provide a lot of it provide the tips make it easy um, for people to consume so to remove all these frictions and these barriers because again it's that's how we're going to get to to the many voices that we all will benefit from and so i think fundamentally and it's also understanding how we can culturally connect as well because it's not just it's not the same thing for every um you know every person even within their own city you know it's gonna be really really different and so it's it's. It's better understanding those, those varying and different cultural nuances. You know, how we show up and talk, you know, in, in one country, one region, one town is very different to how we'll show up in the next. And that's something we we all need to better understand. And and we're on this learning journey ourselves. You know, we we don't have all the answers, but we want to make sure we're asking all the right questions as we continually build up and improve on this one. So that's part of the journey. And that's part of the journey with how is how with we'll grow and scale to understand more because that's exactly what we want to do is to understand more to learn more so we can provide that back to the many. And so that way we can break down those barriers and those obstacles and those hurdles that prevents people uh, or you know prevents those opportunities to be an entrepreneur, to grow and scale your brand, to be the next you know to be the next big thing um, and that successful business. So one thing we've got to do better is listen. Um, and I think that honestly, that's a, it's a life lesson. It's a business lesson. But hey, let's listen more, um, hear those voices, um, and then through that, and then we'll be able to kind of encapsulate that. And and honestly, Michelle, it's something we 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 kind of laugh and joke at. And hey, as a marketer, I'm kind of often like, hey, let's just do the things, and you know, we 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 kind of know what we need to do, and let's let's go do it. But hey, let's let's validate those assumptions, and we're only going to do that by asking the right questions. And understanding more, and we, we started to do that um, you know more broadly across across our region um, in countries such as Singapore um, you know and and New Zealand and Australia to kind of go, "Hey, how are we doing you know what what where do you see opportunity for us or how could we better support you um, and and that way honestly it's just it's always it's, it's marketing 101 you know mm. Know your audience. You know, speak speak to them, engage with them, but just learn as well. And then, and then, from from a very let's say overused marketing phrase, but it's to understand that customer journey. You know, what's their experiences? What are they feeling? And what are their challenges? Um, they don't care what what you call your product name. They don't care what function of your business that you know you're connecting them with. They just want to know, hey, what is it? How's it going to help me? how quickly and easily can I use it and how is it going to benefit me? So I think we've got to sit often, more often in the shoes of those customers, those customers that we know and have more of an understanding of and those yet who we don't know and understand. And that's going to help with that broader diversity. That's going to enable more voices. Um, and that is going to really kind of, as we start to kind of escalate that democratization of
0: retail globally, not just across APAC. So so interesting. I just yeah, I've I love listening to this. This has been awesome, amazing, Robin. Look, I'm we've had such a blast already, and this has been so so interesting. I am mindful of your time. So as we start to you know wrap up, I've got a final question for you, and that is, you know, we've heard you say before that COVID has accelerated the state of diversity and access. E commerce and I guess democratization of retail by 10 years or so. If this is so, where do you think we'll be in another 10 years? Retail's
1: change changed forever. Um, and even so, serve our habits. But what I think is, is obvious and is clear is like, but that future's bright. You know, we're not we're not saying, you know, and I've read it at a bunch of places, you know, hey, retail's dead. And it's like but it's almost like that, the element of like, hey, retail's dead, long live retail. You know, it's it's just that the face of it's changing. The the approach is changing. You know, through these pandemics, gosh, we've we've all missed this human connection. And I wanna get we desperately wanna get back to that. And so that can come in many forms. But I feel like as we, as we grow, as we thrive, as brands, as, as software platforms, as physical brick-and-mortar locations, it's just really understanding how this omni-channel better mixes, but how we as, as consumers are marketed and sold to, um, but also our experiences. Because guess what? You know, it's, Retail experiences are now no different to any other digital experiences that we all feel and like. And so there's so much data out there. There's so much insight and learning. So I think in that respect, the future is bright because there's a massive opportunity for us now to really get this strong balance of omnichannel and really kind of lean in to how we as consumers like to consume, but how merchants can utilize all the plethora of tools, platforms and opportunities in front of them to make those experiences true, memorable um, and something we want to advocate for to our friends, to our family, um, and to the and to the people who also will benefit from those experiences.
0: I love it. Robin, ladies and gentlemen, oh, my goodness, that was just so awesome, and we've had a blast. We really appreciate you. Where can we learn more about you, your story, and Shopify?
1: I'll the, no one wants to know my story. That's, that's, been, <laughs> that, that's done. But the Shopify is definitely, you know, from a, obviously, you know, Shopify, shopify.com. Um, and the various permutations of wherever you are in the world, listening to this as well. Um, hey, if you're in Australia, Shopify.com.au. Fantastic. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, fantastic blog content. There is so much information on there. I encourage you to go on there, whether you're thinking of starting a business, you currently have a business and you're looking to grow and scale, um, but just in ways and just whatever position or platform you're on, you know, it's there. You know, we're here to make commerce better for everyone. Um, doesn't matter who you are, where you are, if you're using a competitive platform, who cares? You know, everyone means everyone. Um, so lean into that, you know, across all the, in the various social channels um, as well. Fantastic. It's actually a really smart and engaged um, social platforms that we use across obviously from Twitter, Twitter LinkedIn, Insta, TikTok, etc. Um, and all of the above. But yeah, please, please, please go to, go to Shopify.com, um, access the blog. would love to know your feedback. Obviously, you can, you know, hey, if you want to chat after the call, um, after the podcast, sorry, you know, you can hit me up on LinkedIn, um, just Robin Marchant. Um, would love to hear from you and love to hear your stories as well, um, because obviously it's those stories we want to amplify more um, um, as we can grow with you together.
0: I love it. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest beer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, Peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.